So I believe right now technology has a role to play in our recovery and our resilience. Tech Impact, the MBIF, Propel, Innovacore, some of these research institutions, they have a role to play right now in the resiliency of our region. So we want to be building content that matters to those who find us. This is Tech Talks with Kathy Simpson. Brought to you by Tech Impact. I'm excited to be here in the organization known as Tech Impact. While we're 10 years old, many don't know a lot about us. It's an industry group focused on how we use technology to grow our economy. And we have amongst us members here that are some of the biggest users of technology, like J.D. Irving, McCain Foods, Amira, Atlantic Lotto. We have software and technology companies that are global in scale, like Siemens and IGT and Cisco. And we have all the telcos uh, represented, Bell, Telus, and Rogers. And we have Dalhousie and UMB who keep us grounded in our conversations about talent, about the private sector partnerships with educational institutions. And finally, we have incredible companies like Mariner Innovations and M&P and Innovatia and Bulletproof and TIBCO and Second Spring Digital, all companies that are doing fantastic work with employees here in Atlantic Canada. And Certainly, last but not least, we have individual members who are consultants or technology leaders that have been involved in our industry for a long time. So Tech Talks is an extension of what Tech Impact is trying to do. Our focus is Atlantic Canada, and our members primarily are right now in Nova Scotia or New Brunswick. Should we step back and talk a little bit about how you got to where you are now. I know you had a career in the private sector before coming to Tech Impact. Is that right? Correct. Let's talk about that a little bit. So I joined uh, MBTEL out of Acadia University in 1990 with my business degree and landed here in St. John, New Brunswick. Not realizing then how much of an innovator MBTEL was, but quickly after coming here and after a couple of years, I truly understand this, understood the impact that the organization was trying to have on the future trajectory of tel- the telecommunications world. Mm-hmm. I was so fortunate. I got firsthand experience in customer service, in marketing, in product management, and I got to work with really cool people with leading technologies at the time in the areas of long distance and products like those relics, the payphones, yeah. um, <laughs> web hosting, long distance, basic service. And then I got involved in this launch of a new service called Vibe Vision. Uh, mm-hmm. It was our IPTV service. And it was a fantastic initiative ahead of its time, TV over the internet. And we did product trials and we did testing. And then we helped our partners advance it um, with their customers. So that was really an amazing start to my career. So fortunate to have worked there. And then I spent 15 years with T4G Limited. As I mentioned, um, they are 
have been recently acquired by MMP, but it was a mm-hmm. technology consulting services company really deep into data analytics. And I got to run some technology projects, technology teams, and eventually got to be part of the leadership team and was a vice president of marketing and the public sector. And uh, before I finished there, I was the lead for people and culture. So 15 years truly understanding client management technology projects and how you deliver them successfully. But it was time for me to do something new. I wanted to stay in Atlantic Canada. I wanted to keep working on the industry in Atlantic Canada and had been involved in projects with Tech Impact. And I thought, wouldn't that be great to go work with these amazing companies who are trying to grow this industry and really talk about how technology can change the trajectory of our economy. And I thought, what a great fit. And off I went. And now it's been two years. Uh, This month, I, I just can't believe it. That time has flown by. Yeah. Let's take that piece by piece because there's going to be a lot of interest in in all of these facets. Specifically, if we think about MBTEL going back a little bit, we're going to be talking to a lot of young people throughout the course of this podcast. We're going to be talking to a lot of new grads who are considering the tech space. For people who are young and who are listening to this, is NBTEL an undersold story? Because if you look at the tech atmosphere in Atlantic Canada and trace back the lineage of a lot of our companies and a lot of our leaders, the origin is NBTEL. Is that right? There's a lot of really outstanding talent that really got brought up at MBTEL. We, when I joined the organization, we were probably hiring 25 to 30 new grads a year. And it was in customer service, engineering, marketing, you name it. It was across the entire organization. And all of a sudden, we had our own group of newbies to the organization. But there were these exceptional leaders, people like the late Jack Travis, Jerry Pond, Peter Jollymore, Curtis Howe, Bob Neal, um, and so many others who really created these opportunities for young people to become part of this wave of innovation that was happening. And the technology was enabling new things for businesses to think about how they're changing the way they're operating their organizations and growing. And somehow or another, we did this out of New Brunswick. So as things changed and the environment changed and technology changed, there were spinoffs that started to happen. Those early day startups out of the telco. And uh, some of those people have gone on to do amazing things in the startup world like a Marcel Lebrun and a David Alston. You have some at the university, like uh, Dan Doran, who's been a Mm -hmm. professor here locally for many years, and so many more. There's too many to name. So we were very fortunate to see what it takes to build a great company. It starts with great product ideas, with technology that enables it to happen, and you're now seeing that in the ecosystem across Atlantic Canada. It's pretty fun to still be here and be a part of it. It is fun. And if we, if we fast forward to your time at T4G, one of the things we're going to talk a lot about on this podcast is the diversity of opportunities within the tech sector. 
in Atlantic Canada. You mentioned how many roles you had at T4G, how many hats you wore. Is that reflective of the diversity of opportunities within the tech sector? Because I'm really excited to hear about that, not only as producer, but as a listener. Absolutely. There's so much diversity. There's room for everybody. If you think about the companies that are here, we have startups evolving straight out of the university. Mm -hmm. We have companies that are scaling, looking for new talent. We have global companies that have set up shop here in Atlantic Canada. And, you know, their whole intent is to grow from here. And we have software companies and consulting companies that are both locally um, or originated locally or global companies that are here. I mean, I think Innovatia is one of these fantastic stories that grew out of uh, Atlantic Canada. They have offices in Atlantic Canada. They have an office in India. And it's David Grabenz and Roxanne Fairweather, you know, two MBTEL alumni Mm -hmm. that are running that organization. It's one of the largest IT organizations in Atlantic Canada. So there's a real diversity depending on what you're looking for for new grads to be able to come in so many different roles. And part of what we're going to be doing on this podcast is talking to some of those people, which is going to be really exciting because we want students to see the opportunities that are here and we want them to stay in Atlantic Canada. So they need to understand what that looks like. So we're on part three of your story now. You leave T4G, you get into the leadership role at Tech Impact Does the listener need to understand more about what tech impact is? Things like why tech matters right now and what the pillars of the organization are? Well, for us, quite simply, the pillars are where we spend our time. So we're spending our time on how are we growing our talent and workforce in the digital industry? How are we fostering innovation and technology adoption? and growing businesses. Everything that we do has to fall under that lens. And I'm really excited about the Tech Talk, this Tech Talk series, because the goal is that the thought leadership that's happening from our incredible guests will be informative, educational, and inspirational that will lead to action. And, you know, I've been in this industry for 30 years with my business degree. Did I ever imagine I would spend 30 years in the tech industry? Not in your life. Mm. But we have this vision that far too often when we hear the word IT or data or computer programmer, our minds turn to this stereotypical image of some geeky guy in a basement banging (laughs) out code. And it's an image that, like it or not, it's ingrained in our collective consciousness. And while it has been a heck of a six months, COVID might be a catalyst that changes some of that. In fact, changing the way we think about digital technologies might be a rare positive outcome of the Mm -hmm. pandemic. And because there are shifts already happening because of the crisis, you know, things like the office, the definition of the office, Mm -hmm. companies like Shopify and Facebook were amongst the leaders in a growing 
number of tech firms electing to not only extend their office hiatus, but make it the new normal. So we're really now settling in at some sort of a hybrid model of how we operate. And it's going to be really interesting to see how that ebbs and flows. Companies in their recruiting efforts are eliminating putting cities as locations and they're putting continents Mm. So that whole physical presence is very, very different. Think about the time of season it is. It's September. University and college students are gone back to school to an online learning environment. Who would have ever imagined that that would be how quickly we have had to adopt and change? Think about the massive in-person conferences that aren't happening. They're all happening digitally with no plan until most likely mid 2021 for that changing and look at your family situation. You know, my 13 year old daughter, Maggie could sit down and have a conversation about the pluses and minuses of Cisco WebEx versus Microsoft Teams or Zoom because she's done digital learning on all those platforms. We've had family conferences on those platforms. Like it has radically changed and when we think about the businesses in Atlantic Canada, we've also seen businesses who've had to make those changes as well. We saw companies scrambling to get people to work again, working Mm -hmm. remotely, doing extraordinary things to enable their workforce to be able to sell, create business relationships again, to be able to do product demos online. We also have seen some businesses you know, forced to stop altogether because they weren't able to make that transition. And that was devastating for many business owners and employees. So really we're at a time when technology couldn't be more important. And my hope for our guests are that we're going to be bringing those thought leaders to this forum Mm -hmm. to be help, uh, to be a helpful tool to inspire them to think about the possibilities and to know that there's great talent here in Atlantic Canada that can help them with whatever business challenge that they've got. In our listener base and within our guest base, I think probably just as a symptom of where we come from, culture is really important. And I think people are concerned with how do we benchmark ourselves? How do we give ourselves a rating and then look confidently towards the future? And we often get into the trouble of comparing ourselves to a place like Waterloo or maybe that's not necessarily that useful. But if we look at the pillars of tech impact, you mentioned the pandemic, it affects every single one. If we look at number one, growing talent and the workforce, we've all heard great coaches say that they're really great teams. They go up to the highest performer as opposed to gravitate to the mean. If businesses are now putting job descriptions online that are by continent, does the Atlantic Canadian tech grad or grad of any kind do we need to raise our game? I, th- I think everybody is raising their game in terms of the talent and capability that we need in order to be successful. But I think we have a haven in Atlantic Canada. Mm-hmm. We have talent. We need more of it. We have mm-hmm. a beautiful place to live. You can be kind of... Um, enamored with big cities and what they have to offer and all of that. But with this more working remotely, with more flexibility than ever before, I think what you're going to see that the local companies here 
need to do is raise their game because more and more people will have opportunities for companies that live outside the region. So Mm -hmm. we're not only kind of competing locally, but we're also competing with those firms that could be located anywhere and say, you don't have to move to California. Rest easy. You can sit in St. John, New Brunswick or in Digby, Nova Scotia or in Deer Lake, Newfoundland, and you can do that job. So the change is happening in the way that we're managing these businesses. And it's going to be interesting to see the value proposition that businesses are putting forward to employees. It is changing. My daughter started a job last Monday in Halifax for a tech company. Mm -hmm. And one of the perks or bonuses in starting with the organization was a remuneration for the tools you need for working at home. Sure. And that might be a desk. It might be a chair. It might be a headset. But some of those tools that in the past companies wouldn't be really think, not a lot of companies would be thinking about some of those sorts of things. So you're seeing companies evolve and change already. I think it's exciting for our new grads. And it's also going to be exciting as we watch companies transition in this kind of new world of how we work. Staying on that first pillar of growing talent and the workforce we also, the geeky guy writing code may be the stereotype, but we're also talking to the liberal arts grad here in this podcast. I've seen so many people come out of diverse backgrounds, get attracted to tech, whether it's the product side or the strategy side or marketing and sales. You don't just have to be that geeky guy in the basement writing code anymore, do you? That certainly is the case. And uh, I'm 30 years and I couldn't write a line of code. Um, <laughs> But here's what we know. It takes a village to raise a company. And we are lacking in some of that sales and marketing talent. And there's a new accelerator that recently launched here in Atlanta, Canada, around marketing talent um, from a colleague of ours that we know very well, David Alston. Mm -hmm. So we are looking for those liberal art grads those business grads, those mathematics grads, there's no question about it. The sector isn't all about writing the code, doing the analytics. It's also about how do you sell it? How do you talk about it? How do you imagine it? How do you tell businesses the benefits from a case study perspective and not selling it all just based on the pure technology components. So there is room for so many types of skills. And I'm hoping, and our plan is on this uh, podcast to help demonstrate that. If we look at the second pillar, innovation and the adoption of that innovation and fostering both regionally, you have a fascinating initiative called Digital Boost that is now live. Um, How does that pertain to Pillar 2 of Tech Impact? Well, back in uh, 1990, 2019, (laughs) we did a report with APEC. And that report was all about the value of digital technology firms in Atlantic Canada and how much they were contributing to the economy. One of the key findings in that report was that we are slow adopters of technology here in Atlantic Canada. So as an organization, Tech Impact said we need to do something to change that. So we started working on a program called Digital Boost. We went to ACOA 
to the government of New Brunswick and said, we've got an idea about how to accelerate business transformation. We were working on this concept, COVID hit, and we all accelerated as we were watching this unfold and how challenging it was for businesses in the region. So the program is called Digital Boost. It's about becoming more productivity, being more becoming more productive, pardon me, and resilient through the adoption of new technologies. The program will help New Brunswick businesses. So it is a pilot only for New Brunswick at this point in time but it's to help New Brunswick businesses implement new technology solutions by working with qualified New Brunswick-based IT firms. So what's really fun about this program is, is there's two prongs to it. We're looking for businesses to become fund recipients, mm -hmm. and we are looking for technology firms who have the capability to deliver these projects. And Tech Impact, through our funding, will be able to pay for 75% of the costs up to a project maximum of $50,000. So if you're a business, you get accepted, you've got a project idea, 75% of $50,000 is $37,500. It's an awful nice contribution to a technology project. So we're thrilled with how it's going. It's been launched now for about six weeks. We have been overwhelmed with the amount of positive response. We continue to receive applications for both funding recipients and for the qualified technology providers. We already have 22 companies that have been approved for the program wow. to receive the funding. And we already have 24 qualified technology provider applications and we are receiving more and more every day so we are continuing to work through that list and matt will end up having a waiting list that's yeah. how much demand there has been but for me what's exciting is the types of projects that people are interested in migrating to the cloud how to better work remotely I have an SAP system, but I'm not leveraging it to its full capability. I have a website, but I have no capability to sell online. I don't have good analytics for my business, and I need to do that. I still use paper in my back office. I need help to do that too. And in some of our applications, the recipients, if, if approved, they know exactly what area of the business they need to work on. Some are not in that same position. They're thinking, I know I have a problem here, but I don't exactly know what that solution is. So the great thing about it is we have so many great companies. Right now, we've got 24 already qualified, yep. and they'll get to pick who they want to work from, work with. The other thing is we are seeing automation in manufacturing coming up. So it could be robotics, it could be, you know, other automation uh, solutions for manufacturing. We're getting a lot of manufacturers applying for the program. So we are thrilled. We have a review committee set up with business and technology leaders here in the province. Um, and I can't wait. Fast forward about three months time when we can be talking about the benefits of some of these projects and bringing those guests to the podcast to be able to talk about what they're doing with the, that um, investment. I recently saw a social post of a vendor who successfully applied to be a vendor of tech for those fund recipients, and they were so excited about it. Mm -hmm. How does someone volunteer themselves as either a fund 
recipient or as a vendor of technology? I know there's going to be a queue because you have so much demand, but how does, how does a listener that's working in one of these companies volunteer themselves for these opportunities? If you're interested in learning more about Digital Boost, you can go to the Tech Impact website and there's a whole section just on Digital Boost. So go have a look, see if your business meets the criteria to apply. You can always ask us questions and we can help you with those applications. And the same goes for a technology provider. There's an application form there as well and we review those every week. The review committee has been on a pace of meeting twice a week. That's how much Mm -hmm. uh, demand there's been. So everything is online on the techimpact.it website. Perfect. Going back to that second pillar of innovation, is that a word that we should spend time unpacking? And the reason we discussed doing this is because it's a bit of a buzzword. It's seen as this big, hairy, scary thing, and I have in my hand I know you're not supposed to surprise the host as producer, but I'm going to do that right now. I have in my hand Matt Ridley's most recent book, How Innovation Works. And in the very early pages, he sets out to define what that means. And this is the bottom of page two and the top of page three. Innovation, like evolution, is a process of constantly discovering ways of rearranging the world into forms that are unlikely to arise by chance and that happened to be useful. And innovation is potentially infinite because even if it runs out of new things to do, it can always find ways to do the same things more quickly or for less energy. So why is innovation seen as this big, hairy, scary word? For me, I think probably the last six months, we've seen more innovation happening in the province than we may have seen in a little, a little while. It's difficult to understand sometimes what innovation is. We often will say you need to innovate to grow and differentiate and then we're left with, you know, what does that exactly mean? I think of it as big problems to solve and how do you go about solving them? Sometimes it's technology, sometimes it's data, it's sometimes access to capital. They're all building blocks for innovation. And we need innovation in all of our sectors, the private sector, our traditional industries and our emerging industries, education and healthcare and government, our nonprofits and our communities. And we have outstanding companies here in Atlantic Canada who can help. We rely on innovation to transform the way we're working. And COVID-19 has really shown us that you can do that quickly. And if you've had an opportunity to talk to a business that says, we were able to get 300 people working remotely in a matter of days, not months, not weeks. Um, While being forced to innovate can be scary and gut-wrenching, most get through it really well. So whether sometimes we are ready or not, something happens that forces us to do that more quickly. But we can break it down and it doesn't need to be that complex. We have a problem to solve. We need to find a new way of doing it than the way we've been doing it for the past two years, five years, 10 years, whatever that is. We were really fortunate to have the late Clayton Christensen come to St. John, New Brunswick, the author of Innovator's Dilemma and many Mm -hmm. other books 
Um, he was in St. John as our keynote for the Big Data Congress a number of years ago, and he spoke on disruptive innovation. And his theories and teachings are still completely relevant today. And, you know, what was really interesting was hearing him, seeing him, seeing the audience go, yeah, yeah, I get that. We need to be taking bigger risks. We need to be thinking outside the box even more. He gave a master class at the Trade and Convention Center to a packed audience about innovation. And it was just a joy to be there. He was a giant of a man in every way. Mm-hmm. And we need to be doing more of that. So sometimes it gets tough to innovate because we think we don't have the capital, we can't take the risk. Is is the problem big enough? Every problem is big enough to try and think about a different way to do it if your business isn't operating the way you need it to operate today. So I like to try and break down that word so that we're not, it doesn't, it doesn't scare people and we don't think about it in a, in a way that it seems overwhelming. Um, Technology innovation is not the holy grail. It's one piece of the tool. Particularly, we can get a little bit mixed up if you work in the tech sector, just think that is the only way to innovate. But um, it is also about your culture and the people that you have around the table and the processes and how you're working. So it's a pretty interesting thing to dive into. And the Digital Boost program that we spoke of earlier is going to be a tool that is helping businesses innovate in some ways small. And for some, it'll be giant in terms of the types of transformation they're going to be experiencing. So I'm pretty excited about seeing the kind of innovation that's going to come out of the work that we're doing at Tech Tech Impact this year. And I wonder if post-pandemic, the firms in our region that are either established or up and coming, I wonder if they become more nimble, if they become more agile. We're hearing things like companies having a decentralization plan now should something like this happen again, where before they did not. That excites me. And I think it'll excite the listener. We also have companies talking about how they're prioritizing technology in their capital spend and investment and the need to have technology as a a key business sustainability feature that necessarily wasn't there before. So, we are seeing those sorts of changes. We need to get people talking about their innovation muscles and how they're going to flex it and transform the way that we're working. And if we do that, we'll see different social outcomes. We'll see different cultural outcomes. We'll see different economic outcomes. And that's what we're trying to accomplish right now. So more change is uh, definitely on the horizon. And I hope that we're able to help our listeners see some paths forward that they can consider as well. Yeah. Kathy, for episode one, let's do a recap of some of the topics we're going to hit on, some of the people we hope to speak to and who should be listening. So I'm excited about who we're going to be having. Have look. I'm really excited about who's going to be on the podcast. We're going to be introducing our listeners to great people, great leaders, entrepreneurs, potentially investors, technology experts, of course, and professionals who are working in the sector or working in the ecosystem. So we've got 
multiple listeners we're really hoping to grow over the course of the next three or four months. They include post-secondary educational institutions. They include students, university and college and high school for that matter. We are hoping that we'll bring businesses who really want some support and education and awareness building about the power of technology and what it can do. And we also want our listeners to come from the sector itself so that we'll be doing some deep dives into some technology. So we'll be having content that helps students understand the businesses that are here locally, what it's like to start working at a tech company, what does year one look like for me. We're going to be talking about broadband in Atlantic Canada. We've got three of our telcos going to be joining our conversation about that. Because there's been such an interest in remote working and cloud migration, we're going to be hitting that topic really soon so that we can break that down and people can understand the benefits that can come from operating in a different manner. And we do plan on doing some some deep technical conversations for that audience that is there. So we hope to talk about robotics, machine learning, get into some deep conversations about data analytics and what it can mean to transform your business. And um, we're excited to be able to bring that variety of content to our listener so that they will see this time to invest in themselves, to learn a little bit, and to grow as uh, an individual, but also to help their businesses grow. So we're going to have a lot of variety on the on the show, and we look forward to being able to share that with all of you. Tech Talks is brought to you by Tech Impact. Learn more at techimpact.it. The podcast is hosted by Tech Impact CEO, Kathy Simpson. It's produced by me, Matt George. It's engineered by the great Zachary Peltier and is part of the Unsettled Media Podcast Network.